0: Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said? See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. Okay. Yes.
1: <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. This is the Hockey Podcast Network. Your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL.
2: This is the Broadway Boys Podcast through the Hockey Podcast Network, and we were back after the lottery and the New York Rangers have won the first overall pick for the first time since, like, 1930. It doesn't really matter (laughs) because we are going to draft Alex Lafreniere, or however you want to say it. Another name. We have Shashurkin. Lafreniere. It doesn't really matter. We have so much youth. We have so much talent. But Andy, we did a podcast not too long ago discussing where the Rangers might end up. Who would they pick in that spot? And I, with all honesty, I took screenshots of the lotto system. And I was thinking about this uh, yesterday. How many times did the Rangers pop up for me, number one?
1: Uh. It wasn't a lot, right? It wasn't a lot. No, I don't remember. All right. It was
2: it was the only spots the Rangers were getting were 13 and one. (laughs) And I was trying my best to get anything in between and just wasn't happening. I'm telling you, this was meant to be. We brought this into the universe ourselves. All positive news, all positivity from us. I'm ecstatic. I've been riding a high over the past couple of days, just reading tweets, uh, just watching highlights of this kid. You are more of the, you are more of the prospect guru. Please explain your excitement and just what this means, you know, overall. So,
1: I mean, the more you think about this as a Rangers fan, uh, this fortuitous luck that has been. You just kind of realize that it solves a lot of problems, uh, especially considering the doom and gloom we were kind of going through after the Rangers on our last podcast, talking about the Rangers, how easily they got swept. You realize the problems with their depth, the, the scoring outside of the, the top six. And, you know, you're kind of thinking about like, well, here comes the draft. If they draft it you know, from 10 to 13, who can contribute in two to three years? That problem's gone because if they do indeed take Alexi Lafreniere, which I, I'm, i you know, you're going to hear a lot of smoke about like, oh, well, they might get, you know, LA might dangle, you know, two plus some assets. So, and the Rangers would just take uh, Quentin Byfield. They would get number one. And, you know, because the Rangers need are in desperate need of centers and just to sweeten the pot. And, you know, because Byfield has a lot of potential. This is true. But A, you can't be the GM who doesn't take Lafreniere. And if he pans out, Uh, yeah, Uh, Gorton, no matter how much good he's done, that would, that would be a death knell for him. And B, yeah, I just, you, that I just don't see it happening. It's the easiest because Lafreniere, I'm not usually one to put too much into the intangibles, but this is a dream. This is not. And I say this with no disrespect to Capo Caco because, you know, he, I think he will be an excellent player uh, in this league, but Lafreniere not only is he a superstar offensive winger he controls play he's clutch in big moments uh he is physical so the old school fans are gonna you know ranger fans are gonna love him uh he's got a little bit of a mean streak in him which is great uh he sticks up for his team he just he's a leader he just not he controls play offensively and he just checks all those little intangible boxes that GMs and fans and that people just love. He's gonna be the captain of the Rangers one day, if when they draft him. I I say that without even blinking. He's a, a few they've they you're drafting your future captain. And uh just it just like I mentioned before, it just solves so many problems for this team going forward. And before we, we even get into that, I do wanna say I think Jeff Gordon deserves uh you know, I think he deserves credit. For and I because I've already seen so many people saying, like, I don't understand all these people praising Gorton when he just got lucky twice. But if you look at all the teams that are the amount of salt going around the Internet right now about it being rigged and why should the Rangers be, you know, they don't need this player. These teams that need these player, those team Steve Iserman chose to tank this year. He chose to gut his team and fans chose to root against their own team and they didn't get rewarded for it because nothing was guaranteed. Now they have nothing. People at points I know for fact fans were a little nervous. They're like, well, it's, it's just going too fast. Like you get Panarin, you're re-signing Kreider. But at some point, let's say the Rangers were still in this, uh, this situation if they had won the first overall pick, but they weren't, they hadn't done any of those things where they weren't pushing them to win games earlier and pushing their youth. Then they would just have Lafreniere, but nothing else. And now they have all these things they have. You know, they, they chose to keep pushing last year. They got lucky. They win Capo. And I'm not a believer in uh, fate or hockey gods or anything. I think it just, you know, I do think it comes down to luck. But I think that because nothing is guaranteed, you you just, yeah, you just, you have to play it smart. And you can't just bank on getting lucky and winning the lotto. And Jeff didn't. He just did everything else but that. But he happened to get lucky and win second overall last year, and first overall this year. And now you look at the spot they're in, and this just compounds that timeline. You and I always talk about when will they be ready. This helps. And now when if, let's say, they have a few kicks at the can and it doesn't work out with you know Meek and Panarin, who are both 27 and 28, I think, respectively, well, now luckily doesn't you have Capo and uh, Lafreniere and two uh, elite players in them for the next 15 years. So there that next wave is up and it just yeah, it just it solves so many problems. Uh, you know, never mind. He's not a center. He still controls play. And I'm sure as we'll get into this is Rangers fans should be nothing but a static. They got extremely lucky. Uh, yeah. And just to see things start to work out for us finally after so long is is amazing.
2: Yeah, listen, for the people that are saying that it's rigged, listen, the NHL is not going to rig it for the New York Rangers. They don't need to. They don't need the Rangers to be good. The Rangers will sell out and have great attendance no matter what product they put on the ice. The same thing goes for Toronto. Like, there are certain teams in this league that don't need any help from the from the NHL and Gary Bettman to, you know, help bolster the numbers in terms of, uh, you know, uh, revenue. Rangers are one of them. Toronto's one of them. And there's, you know, obviously a few others, you know, Montreal. Going, Looking at this whole thing with the Rangers winning the lottery, we all knew what was going to happen. We all knew that if you looked at the teams that were in the eight, there were only a few teams that I think there was just a mutual consensus that it was okay for that team to win. Rangers weren't one of them. It was... Nashville, I think everyone would have been fine with Minnesota. People would have been fine with the Winnipeg Jets, Florida. Um, and those are the teams that everyone would have been fine with. It just so happens that the Rangers were a, a team that you know found themselves, you know, on the cusp of a playoff spot, overachieving. Listen, if the Rangers really played within themselves and, and played to the expected level prior to this season there's no doubt in my mind we would have been drafting in the top set. We would have been a top seven, you know, bottom quarter team in the league. It just so happens that we overachieved Panarin and Zibanejad played out of his mind. We had solid goaltending and, you know, we played pretty well. We found ways to win. I don't think teams that overachieve like that should necessarily be written off and not been, not be eligible for the number one overall pick. So, you know, I'm glad that we won it. I'm glad that it kind of sends a message that you know what, maybe tanking isn't the the way to go. Maybe, you know, you know, playing to win every single game is the most important thing a team can do because you know there's no guarantees and and you saw it this draft, you know, and and there's no guarantee that the team that wins the lottery. Is gonna have this tremendous success and and you might as well start etching the names of the Rangers on the Stanley Cup. Look at Edmonton. How many times have they won the number one pick? Five times over the last like decade. They probably drafted first overall and they've won one playoff series. Like it means nothing.
1: You know, it's what you do with those pieces. Best players in the league right now.
2: Couldn't do, couldn't do anything with it. Carolina just tied it up. Unbelievable. Um anyway. And the reason why I'm bringing up Carolina is because if they lose this year, Rangers will get their draft pick. Um, so, you know, we kind of want them to lose as soon as possible. Yeah, where
1: I, I forget where that would put put that at. Probably 20, is it like 24 or something like that?
2: Yeah, I think, the, I think it might be 22 is the oh, nice. lowest week in draft. That'd be great. Depending on uh, the teams below them winning. Um, but anyway, back to the number one pick overall. The Rangers win it in a, you know, obviously unprecedented fashion. We've never seen the draft be like this. I will say that the people that are kind of hating and say the Rangers don't deserve to be drafting overall, the optics is bad, but the Rangers technically didn't make the playoffs, nor did the other teams. So, yeah, these are the
1: same fans that were like, well, Panarin can't win the heart because the Rangers technically didn't make the playoffs but now that they win the those same people are like well they were a playoff team. Like,
2: yeah, they're yeah, they you know, moved to the yeah, exactly, Andy. They're that,
1: they're just they're just salt. there's just so much salt from from the haters. It's okay.
2: And it's yeah, and it's like it's like spare me. The Rangers have not been on the, you know, positive end. It's literally been the last 2 years the Rangers have really been lucky with the NHL draft. Otherwise we draft, you know, round nine or 10 the best. And then, you know, all the other years we drafted in the middle and got nothing pretty much from it. So obviously the sweepstakes for this lottery was huge. This player's, you know, Alex Lafreniere is going to be a impact player. He's going to be a New York Ranger next year. I don't see this team trading the number one pick. Now I did want to ask you. Sure. What are the odds of it? And is, is what, what fruit needs to be dangled in front of your face and for you to, you know, grab it?
1: Well, so I will say this the, the only, because everyone has their price. Yeah. The only, everyone has their price. The only player in this draft outside of Lafreniere that interests me really, or not, not that does, that's, I shouldn't say that like that, but I think a, a, package worthy of Lafreniere I think Byfield would have to be included by LA and then I would probably want one of their uh, better prospects in return and you know LA has a pretty deep prospect pool I'm actually pulling it up right now but um, I believe this is their LA's only first round pick in this draft right Um, but so that's not like unlike Ottawa who has multiple firsts um, you know I don't if if Ottawa offered, because uh, they're still waiting for their final one with the Pajot trade with the Islanders, so I guess whenever that comes, but I mean, I don't think, and also I know from L A is like I w- if if they said we'll give you like uh, Alex Turcott, which they wouldn't, and uh, the second overall pick, I would probably be really tempted because Turcott Projects as a extremely good defensive second line center who can who has the more like a step on who is like could be a really good two C maybe not a first line center but extremely good defensively. Uh, man, they yeah they have. I'm looking at let's see nah. I do like uh, Anderson Dolan. It's just so tough because it's like I'm looking at the, where the Rangers are at now and it's almost getting to the point is like. Yeah, I want a little bit more immediate help. I would think it would take a lot. I so from LA, honestly, for me, unless it was two and a really top flight prospect like a Turcotte, I I, I hang up the phone. Um, if Ottawa wanted to offer all three of their first round picks for one, maybe I don't know. It it's I'm still because listen I. The only player who has the, I think, you know, and I say this knowing that in five years, because it's not it's an exact science prospects, you know, who knows, like there's some kid taken in the third round could end up just blossoming out of nowhere and become the best player in this draft. But realistically, outside of maybe byfield ceiling, I don't know if anyone really has the ceiling that Lafreniere has. So I don't I've gone down this rabbit hole in my own head, but I just keep t- saying to myself, just make it make it easy for yourself enjoy drafting you know i just look i'm trying to think of the last team to trade the first overall away it was nashville wasn't it
2: i believe so uh yeah so i read and, that on twitter um, you know
1: uh i just don't i just don't see how you don't like you know, it's, you know, it's not gonna happen because no. it,
2: it, there's too much at stake and listen even if you know say you hypothetically traded with you know la and you know, Byfield turns out to be just as equal to Lafreniere and then you, you know, or you do Ottawa and you get the three and five and you get a combination between Stutzel and maybe Perfetti or something like that. And they both turn out to be studs. It's, it's the optics of trading the number one pick after never really having one. Um, I don't think anyone really, uh, you know, our age, uh, you know, has been a part of something like this before and it, that's bad optics. And third, it's like you never want, you always want to go, especially if you're a GM, you go for the no-brainer move in a situation like this. There's there's the right move, and, and this is like a complete 100% consensus, is this kid's the number one pick overall. You take him, and that's it. If If he turns out to be not as great, You know, I I don't think that there's like a a, like he's not going to be a bust. You know what I mean? It's a safe it's a safe move for a GM. It's a must move. You're really gambling if you do anything else other than draft, you know, Alex Lafreniere.
1: And honestly, his more, you know, as much obviously his play on the ice is the big thing. But just his presence and his uh, swagger, for lack of a better word. You know, I mean, you look at players like Jack Hughes and Nico Heischer the last few years, like, you know, they're good players uh, and, they'll, you know, they'll they'll end up being probably higher end players in this league. But, you know, Lafreniere just has that thing. It's like, you know, the, the accolades are there. Two time uh, CHL MVP, the only player to do that since Sidney Crosby. Captains Team Canada uh, in pretty dominant fashion gets hurt, comes back and looks even better at, from coming back from injury. Uh, elevates his game, has the clutch gene. It's just it's just too much to ignore. Like it's just to draft someone who is the man is just and and carries that presence with them is huge. And you know, I just I really do believe that that mentality and that confidence will be good for the Rangers coming forward cuz even Kaku I think has pride and is a prideful kid and is, has confidence like I just don't with with Lafreniere. I just don't see it phasing him the same way. I don't think it's something that would snowball on him because I think he does so much other things, uh, well that I think if he had to like, no matter what they ask him to do, I think he'll just do it with with panache and it won't matter. Whereas other, you know, I think other players would be like, well, why am I starting out here or why do they have me doing this or whatever. Where I think you see Lafreniere, he plays good defense. He's not one dimensional. Uh, he likes to have the puck on his stick. He can make plays all over the ice. He's got edge in the corners. He's already a big body. He's already, you know, physically filled out. Like it's just, yeah, to your point James, just don't make this harder than it has to be. Just take enjoy winning first overall and actually taking the player instead of
2: trying to mess this up. Right. And like sometimes when you try to get too fancy, things just fall apart. And it's an easy move and listen, the Rangers have been selling a rebuild for the last couple of years. I think the fans kind of are buy they buy into it. You have the fans behind you. You have, you know, management, um, you know, getting the second overall and the first overall. Life is easy for you right now because, you know, things are falling into your lap that maybe weren't expected the last two years. And and it's making things much, much easier for you to to sell this. You're basically selling, we're not going to be good for a couple years, but the storyline behind the Rangers is, I mean, it's, it's hard to say that the Rangers are not the most exciting team to be watching, you know, watch the next couple of years and see what they do. Um, you know, it's, it's kind of, it's you've always made this parallel with, you know, the Colorado avalanche that the Rangers are kind of a few, you know, steps behind them in terms of their rebuild. They got their all-stars and, you know, they're bringing in, you know, uh, complementary pieces And, you know, I think right now, I think you would agree with me that the Colorado Avalanche could easily win the Stanley Cup this year, if not the next few years, easily see them being a Stanley Cup champion. Oh, absolutely. Um, So, you know, I think you're right in terms of the direction that the Rangers are heading. Management, you know, is trying to sell the best possible product by also telling you that we're going to stink. And I think this gives the fan, it gives the organization a whole new life, a whole new meaning. Um, You know, I I told, you know, my fiance that, you know, you know, she was kind of looking at me like I was crazy. I was like, you don't understand. This changes my life for the next 10 years. Like, I'm going to have Alex Lafreniere for the next decade and things are going to be okay. Like, in in my own Little Rangers world. So, yeah, I mean there's a ton to break down here um i kind of want to get into what the new look of the rangers what this means for the rangers going forward because obviously this puts a whole new spin on things um uh, you know with the rangers obviously you know drafting first overall
1: yeah i mean sorry you were breaking up there for a second can you just say that one more time
2: yeah i was i was going to you know you know, I kind of want to break down what this all means for the Rangers moving forward in terms of what, what this team is going to look like over the next couple of years. Because we oh, have yeah. we have a couple big, big things to really discuss that, yeah, you so know, are, are going to inhibit and, you know, and prohibit us from, you know, either making a huge leap or just a couple of small steps. Right.
1: Well, I think the, the one thing to start that I see all over the internet is like, well, you're you just paid Chris Kreider all this money, and now on paper, you he should technically, if things go the way you want them to go, he should be now be your third uh, line left winger. Um, I, does Lafreniere start on on the third line as Quinn has been apt to do? No matter he did it with Kako, you know, for better or worse. Uh, how does Lafreniere look coming in? I think that will affect things a lot. And then obviously you're going to have the people that are like, oh, we'll make him a center. I don't think it works like that. There are players that can switch to center. I don't think Lafreniere's game is suited for that. Um, I think just because of his... uh, Yeah, just because he is physical and likes to get in first and be dogged on the puck, I think he's much better suited to be a winger. But yeah, listen, these are good problems to have, I think, for the Rangers in terms of... Because no matter what, Lafreniere's presence pushes a top six player or roughly a top six player down so everything kind of helps the the rangers depth problem as we saw the bottom six really struggle in uh, the series against uh, the hurricanes
2: yeah listen so it comes down to what are the rangers going to do down the middle and i think next year people are going to expect crazy things from the rangers because we do have this first overall pick we do have this kid but I, I think next year will be another growing year and it'll be a really important year. And, you know, I'm not expecting the Rangers to be a playoff team next year. I think they're going to be fighting for the, on the cusp. But there's certain things that, that haven't happened yet or that could happen that could change everything. And one of those being, you know, Hank retiring and how much money we have available in terms of cap space. Because I think that's going to be big because i think you're going to have to you're going to have to make a move to bring in uh, a big time center or if, if that's if hank like hank uh moves on and retires which is you know something that you know I, I there's smoke there i don't know if there's any fire but i do think we have to make a decision with some of our younger centers now I, you are again are the prospect guru is morgan barron better than Brett Howden.
1: I hope so. I mean, listen, I'm not I haven't as I give Brett Howden a lot of flack, but I think it, at the end of the day it comes to the fact that this organization sees him as something he's not and it, you know, uh I don't know if that's necessarily his fault. He's just trying to do the best he can, but you're they're trying to give him minutes at 3C and I think he is really in an ideal world, I think he becomes a, at this point, I think he becomes a good uh, fourth line center. I don't think just, I think he is good at having a simple task to do and getting in and being a disruptor and killing penalties and all that. But I think asking him to be responsible for generating any sort of offense, especially good some You look at some of the three third lines on, on cup teams and, you know, actual cup contenders and, yeah, there's still there's a lot of talent in this league right now. You could it used to be like your first line is amazing, and then it kind of depreciates for each line there. Now it's like teams, the good teams have basically almost two first lines, and then uh, you know your third line is usually like a, a tween or second line caliber, and then that fourth line is the best ones are usually like guys who would you, who would be good on a third line and other teams, right? You know, so I think in my head, I think. Because Morgan Barron is similar to a Brett Howden, that they're both big kids who can skate really well, and uh, you know Barron is a kid, and for for you know you see him for Cornell is that he does a he's like not good at one thing, but he's just solid in all these little areas, like just solid. He's not, you know, I mean at the NHL level, I just you know I don't see any him being anything more than a bottom six center. Uh, I I I think you know four C is the realistic place for him but who knows i i i would gladly crow but i think um i just think that you know from what i've seen he would be an excellent fourth line center that you know especially one that you wouldn't be afraid to put maybe give a little bit more ice time to if you want to rest your horses a bit um the potential is definitely there i think moving i think the wing is a better spot for Howden, just because like i said he he's a good skater. He's a big presence and he likes, he's good at getting in and disrupting and then picking up pucks. I just asking him to really take care of that neutral zone. I don't really know. You know, I don't know if I agree with, I don't like how he moves the puck. I don't like his decision-making. Um, But I think if he can, if you have a fourth line next year of Morgan Barron, Julian Gauthier and Brett Howden, I'm happy with that, right? No more, uh, Michael Haley's or Greg Fogarty's Greg. coming up for a cup of coffee or, you know, no offense to Di Giuseppe, because he had his moments this year where I liked what I saw, but like, you know, if you look at his numbers, they weren't so great. It's just that yeah, you know, you look at these like how many times watching the uh, the postseason now have we seen them go like, wow, the, the, you know, Brian Boucher going the fourth line for X team is really had the best chances tonight. You know, we didn't hear that for the Rangers at all. They didn't no. do anything. So, yeah, I mean, that's going to definitely be important. Um, you, I do wonder, especially, um, uh, what's his name, uh, Kodorenko, the other f- college free agent the Rangers signed. I do wonder if he's in the mix. We'll see with camp um, whenever that ends up being. Uh, but, yeah, it, it definitely th- seems that at least we're going to start seeing these kids filter in. It, w- it, does Kravtsov make the team? Does he then slot in on as your third line left wing, I'm sorry, right wing, maybe. And not to get ahead of ourselves, but I, you know, I, I just went on a spiel about not converting people to centers. Uh, I think if anyone got converted to a center, I think there is a possibility I could down the line. Not yet. He's got to break in on the wing because that's what he's used to. You know, don't don't make them these kids out of their position. But if you once they gain that trust, maybe then you can have these conversations. But but yeah, I guess the point is that uh, you're going to see. Uh, competition from beneath start fighting their way into this lineup next season. I think so outside of like people expecting big free agent changes, you might see guys get shipped out and maybe one new face gets brought in. But I think the more will be from what the Rangers have been doing and creating this internal, you know, an actual farm system.
0: Hey there. Have you ever thought to yourself, I really like hockey and I'd love a show to listen to, but I also don't have enough nonsense in my life and questionable opinions. Huh. I got the show for you, bud. And there's some really, really thirsty person in that group, okay, that will be like, I'll give you $7 for that lemonade. And the $2 person is like, whoa, okay, walking away. That person's crazy. That is exactly what happens in free agency all the time. And that is a really good metaphor. And if you don't appreciate it, put the phone down. Get out of here. We don't want you around. You can't say, hey, you tripped this guy, but also he dove. Well, if he dove, I didn't trip him. If you're a goalie, just, you know, chill. You don't have to do as much as you think you need to do. But also, we talk about hockey. So go check out Siren Sounder, a Canes podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. New episodes every Monday and after every playoff game during the playoffs. Let's go, Canes! Yeah, listen, this is
2: going to be a crazy year because there are so many question marks and and then if you look at some of the players like I feel like Heedle's been on our team for 5 years the kid he's 20 years old and you know he's still learning and growing I I just what do you expect from him you know are we going to see a line of and this has gotten a lot of play online and and fans excited could we end up seeing a line where it's it's Hito, Kako and Lafreniere as our third line oh man I would
1: love that I mean you know I wouldn't I don't know if I would feel comfortable with that uh, well, without knowing Lafreniere would be on it, but Heedle has taken some big steps defensively, so I feel better than that. And you know the way we saw Kako, um, you know you have to wonder if you're hoping that at some point that that line would be beneath him. But if I mean if you if they're getting ice time and you're letting them feast on third lines. That's a very good point. You know, do, do you keep if everyone Wait, you're keeps, saying
2: you're saying that could be below Lafreniere.
1: Uh, and honestly, I think it'd be below all, you know, below Hedl. And I mean, not Hedl, but it could be below Kako and Lafreniere. You know, we also forget that Hedl is only 20 years old. He's like, a kid. He's, he's this a is second, yeah. he made. He's a child. He made this team his when he sh, the, the, right after he was drafted and he was one of the youngest players in the draft. And uh, he's,
2: he's a, an NHL center. I don't care. He does not belong in the AHL. There's no purpose for him to even start there um, like we saw this year. He's clearly a kid that is an NHL center, and he's playing a tough position. And, you know, he had a tough role this year, you know, just with the the movements of the lines and and just the inconsistencies of this team, you know, there's growing pains to be had. And, you know, again... If they
1: kept him at wing, I think he'd have more success, but that's ultimately not where we want him, so...
2: Yeah, it's just, not not overall.
1: I'm just saying this season he may have had more success if he was asked to do a little things a little bit more mindlessly. But the fact that they are grooming him for a much more difficult position, I don't disagree with at all. I think it's going to take time. To your point,
2: yeah, and you know, I'm I'm just looking at the lines. I don't know where, and this is, I guess, a good thing. I don't know really where Capo and Lafreniere move up past that third line. I mean, Panarin obviously again had success with you know and there's, again there's so many question marks like what are we doing with uh, you know Jesper Fast like is he are we resigning get resigned. uh do we are we you know signing Strom? You know, Stroms a restricted free agent. So is
1: Buchnevich the odd man out.
2: Is yeah, is exactly. And not that I think you should be, but just saying. Are, yeah, well again, are we you know you obviously saw long term you got term with Kreider, so I'm guessing Kreider is going to be your number one left winger next year. Um, you know, playing with uh, Zibanejad and Buchnevich. And then you have the Pan- Panarin line. And if you keep those guys, aren't you, like, aren't you basing what they're, you know, you're re-signing those guys based off the success that you saw last year. You know, and then, you know, there are, you know, I don't know if JD's being kind of cryptic, but, you know, he's talking like there's going to be a lot of youth on this team and then a lot of new faces going into next year. So do you, are you thinking that they're, you know, going to move on from Strom and, and move on from Faust? Uh, I,
1: it's tough. I, I do think, I think Jesper Faust is a guy who as much as I would like to have him, I think his usefulness will be nullified by the time the Rangers are like really ready to get back into it. The style of play he makes, the money he'll command, his reputation. I think he's un, as sometimes when you love something, you have to let it go. I think Faust will be so like next year, a team that's like right on the cusp. Like whichever team loses in heartbreaking fashion this year. And it was like a defensive mistake. Or they just they got too banged up and they lost too many bodies. Like I think
2: Fa- fit in up? I think he'd fit in nicely with Toronto. I think Toronto desperately needs oh, yeah. someone steady heady. Like, that exactly can do all the right things for them, for you yeah.
1: and who's a team that's looking for? Well, I guess his his contract up to be free agent. So I guess it doesn't really matter. Um, so he can't be packaged, but still, I mean, yeah, I think he that's a team. Teams that want responsible, got, hard workers who can slot up and down your lineup and are still can make plays are extremely valuable. Right handed, you know, he's a right handed shot, so he just checks a lot of boxes. I think unfortunately, by the time the Rangers are ready to really utilize his his services, he will be not the player he once was, and you're going to have to overpay him now to get him. So you have to, you kind of have to, I think you have to cut him loose. You know, obviously if you can get him back on the cheap, the veteran presence is nice, but I do, I think I could see them just letting him go get his money or just letting him just saying like, you know, because it's not like it hurt. It hurts to lose him for nothing, but at the same time, it's, you know, it's yes for Foss. Like he's, he is both underrated and useful, but like, no, not such a great loss at the same time. You know, which is kind of the story of his career, right, in his life. But uh, you know, I'll definitely miss what he brought. But yeah, uh, as for Strom, yeah, I don't know. I guess the 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 uh, the flat cap for the next few seasons really puts a damper on a lot of these questions. Do they want to recite Tony? Do they think he's worth the money? Yeah. How does those negotiations? There's, I think, they Rangers have a lot of plates to balance right now, and they will. One thing will inform the other because I'm sure there's plenty of things they want to do and then they have a list of things they can realistically do and they don't match up. So, who knows? I wouldn't be surprised if uh yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if if there's a Georgiev got packaged. I know we we know Lunquist is retiring, but I still wouldn't be surprised if for some reason if that wasn't the case and he's like I'm just I want to just sit my last year or whatever he wants to do, like if Georgiev got packaged with someone to another team. And then they use that to maybe bring in a another veteran guy who's, like, old but not too old, like a Jonas Brodine, uh, you know, especially for help on the back end. You know, just guys who can be a rock that can help them. Because that's obviously the next step is, like, they have plenty of offensive talent, but they need to, their team defense needs to get better. So whichever way they can slowly progress to that, I'm sure those are the type of looks they'll be making. Because I do remember seeing or hearing JD say that after the series, like, even though it's only three games, it's like impossible to not, you really do have to take into account what happened. Cause we do really, you know, we have to learn from this. You can't just, maybe it was an aberration because of the time off and all this, but I don't think so. I think I just kind of shows that the running gun, the Rangers were doing and the good feelings kind of came crashing down to earth and they need to start learning that. Like, you know, if you watch all these high tempo teams, they come in the postseason, they, they tighten up just as well as anyone. So that's what you have to do. <laughs>
2: Yeah. And, you know, there's a, a million question marks going forward. And, you know, I think the Rangers are going to have to look at, you know, what the goal will be for next year. What do you want out of this team? Uh, do you want this to be a, a painful year in terms of, you know, growth and development where you kind of see what you have in your farm system and kind of let the boys play? Because don't forget, I don't know if there's really going to be an AHL or, you know, there might be a limited, uh, you know, a, a limited schedule for AHL teams, you know, due to COVID. Um, you know, the NHL is obviously going to be on a a, a late start, delayed. You, you don't know where, you know, where you're going to get the reps in for some of your younger players that might be on the bubble. Mm-hmm. I, I do think it'll be, uh, a huge factor going forward, whether or not Hank retires. What are your thoughts on that? Because I think that that opens up a ton of cap space and room to bring in, you know, maybe a a guy with a little bit more experience, because that's the one thing that we will be lacking going forward is NHL experience. And you can't teach that. That comes from repetitions. It comes from games. And, you know, again, like I said, that, that could be limited next year. We don't know what we're facing.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think the fact that there is veteran, you know, we we keep saying for and you hear all the pundits say it with Lafreniere, why he's so lucky is not only is he walking into a team that's good, he's walking to a team that's good because they have like elite players that are still in their prime and not past their prime. It's not, you know, you you hear other stories about uh, Taylor Hall and, and Nuge and Yakupov walking into that Edmonton locker room you know and Ryan Smith trying to tell them how to do things the right way even though Ryan Smith at that point in his career was probably glorified you know a third third line winger if that you know he's a heart and soul guy but when you come in and you get to sit under or look watch Jada in his prime Panarin in his prime you know on a and also there's other you have that internal competition which is a great thing you know i you know the funny thing is when this happened not to veer off, but I thought the biggest winner was probably Capo Kako, or at least Rangers fans, because I think Kako was a, a proud kid, and you saw the how much that he was our best-looking player in the return to play, and now there's a shiny new toy, and it's not him anymore. Mm-hmm. So, no, this this pressure that he was feeling, that, like, oh, I was disappointed in myself, and I, you know, it should have been easier or better, or whatever, like, that's gone now. It's that you are going to get left in the dust by this shiny new toy. So how do you respond to that? So you know and you look at the 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 young talent on these dynasty teams over the last whether it be you know Malkin and Crosby or Kane and Taze or whatever just name them like you have these young t- usually have a, a gaggle of young like superstars coming up together and they push each other and i think that's going to benefit all parties involved and especially having uh, also having you know still some a little insulation not you don't ha- you're 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 going to be the man one day you don't have to be the man now But at the same time, it's theirs if you want it. So, yeah, it's just it's like they basically they have the best of of both worlds. Right. You know, they get to come in and uh, they get to come to a team that's like on the cusp of contending. They don't have to wait for suffer out more terrible season, bottom feeding seasons. And but at the same time, they're not expected to do do the heavy lifting themselves. So they just they can just play. They can just grow and learn and do what they have to do
2: yeah and you know again it's it's so exciting to be able to watch you know and you know i trust management right now i really like i really do think that they're doing all the right things and it's really uh a really fun you know time to be a rangers fan it really is like you know especially you know winning the first overall pick and adding lafreniere to the picture it just makes everything like fresh exciting um you know it's going to it's, it's weird because as we do feel like we are in a rebuild and I think you and I kind of understand how progression actually works in the NHL and that there's very few teams, you know, like, you know, basically getting a Connor McDavid and all of a sudden you're, you're, you know, relevant to win any hockey game because of just how good he is. Whereas we kind of realize like, that's not the situation that we are currently in. But we do have the pieces that are really going to fit together to create that sort of, you know, opportunity for a Stanley Cup. I just, you know, I, sitting back now, I I just worry that, you know, I always would build a team down the middle. So I do worry about what we're going to do in the center position. And do we really have that number two center, uh, you know, or... I guess you'd say like a one B center. Cause it seems like every team that wins the Stanley cup is able to do so, you know, through, you know, the players they have, at, you know, at the center position. Are you, are you worried that, you know, we might be too wing heavy and for the future and might, uh, you know, keep our hands tied and able to bring in that like big time, second line, first line center.
1: Um, you know, I'm I'm kind of two minds on it. On the one hand, I see the way the league is progressing to like almost total hockey and, and positionless hockey in more mm-hmm. layman's terms. I think it's more about construction of whether it's your winger or your center, whatever. Like, do you have like as a whole, does the, either the whole line play defense or do you have one guy on that line that is just so good defensively? Like an, like an Anthony Sorelli or whatever, that the other guys don't have to necessarily be as good defensively because he is, but they also can push the pace more and they can rely on him to do, you know, take care of things. So it's, it's not so much the fact that they're wing heavy, it's just maybe, you know, I would almost phrase it more as like, are they too uh, maybe offense heavy or are they too one-dimensional? And I don't think so. I think, you know, obviously the elite players like Panarin, are so, good defense, are so good defensively because they're so good offensively. They always have the puck. They're so good stealing pucks or whatever, you know, and even though you don't maybe when you see them in their own zone, because they're, they're slight, they can't muscle guys off. You don't forget that overall, if you took a snapshot of how much time they were in their own zone, it's like so much less. Although you, you get, you know, you, you kind of get blind. It's like, oh man, that guy did a, you know, I see this guy muscling guys off, but you see it so much more with these guys who have def- that defensive label because they just cannot, you know, they don't do little things in the neutral zone. They're not keeping their puck out of their end. Um, you know, I I think when we spoke on our last podcast about maybe a little bit of a blessing in disguise to get that little look at like what it really takes and like you look at uh, how Tampa, you know, had a gutsy 5 OT t win or whatever it was by playing the the Blue Jackets uh defensive game that they want to play but just letting their superior firepower just win out in the end they will. they'll say we'll do the war of attrition because we know no matter what at the end of the day we're more skilled so yeah i think in a lot of ways it's a good wake-up call for the the you know especially w- what happened with toronto as well um you see like you have all the all the skill in the world and you can make fancy plays and push offense all you want but if you cannot be smart and resourceful and patient and uh, responsible, you're going to piss and, and not not help your goaltender do them favors. You're going to just end up pissing it all away. It's not going to be for anything. And now they're saying, you know, Toronto is on fire right now because they're like, we need to trade Mitch Marner and, you know, get some defensive help. And why do we get Barry when we should have got someone who, you know, we should have got Alex uh, Petrangelo and all this, you know, other nonsense that they're going through right now. I think it was honestly now and this is probably hindsight because we won Lafreniere, but I think it's good that they're like, oh, okay, like we need to make sure we are pushing in this direction of, we have to be able to do it, play it any which way. And yes, it's great. You take as many, you know, you have elite players, they fall into your lap. That's amazing. But if we're going to curate this team going forward, you know, that has to be a huge component of it. So whether it's, um, you know, they're pretty, because they're so filled on their wings now anyway, and they're, they're, a little, their center depth isn't good. You know, I do imagine at some point they're going to look to upgrade down the middle. Uh, I think honestly, they would prefer to get players. I think they're with their where they're at now. It, I don't think they want more prospects. I think they want more players that are ready to step in, uh, or who are either young or not too old. Uh, you know, maybe like a Gautier who's ready right on the cusp, they won't mind that either. But I do think their preference would probably be to if they're going to target young centers or or even like guys that are just solid still have valuable centers uh, that's what they'll be doing you know and I think at one point they will make a trade with their young guys they might even make a trade of a guy who has more offensive you know potential and they, it might be seen as a little bit of a downgrade but if it's a guy who's like an unsung hero but you just look and you know that whenever he's on the ice like he's pushing play in a positive direction and maybe he doesn't put the puck in the net but someone else does so Cause they're well, going to have their wingers are, are so high powered anyway. Like you just, you kind of want your centers to be just better, uh, you know, better at helping them, you know, push play in a positive direction.
2: Well, all right. Well, I wanted to ask you yeah, and, and I mean, I know you said they, they would probably be interested in someone who's more NHL ready, but let's just yeah. say that players just, they don't f- seem to be able to find that guy on the market. Uh, the, not for sale. Um, And the Rangers have a second first round pick, uh, you know, with the, you know, Hurricanes uh, where you know, realistically, the Hurricanes were going to be in the 20s. Is there a player in the draft that might go later in the round that, you know, does check off all those boxes and, you know, will probably be the NHL, NHL, you know, center um, that could be a shutdown guy, a very successful shutdown guy.
1: Yeah, I think you know. I think we there's a lot of talk of uh, Dylan Holloway. Um, I think he'll probably go before the 20s, but I do think there's a chance he he's going to slip a little bit. Um, Maybe not that far, but if he's still there, then that's a no brainer for them. They've watched Wisconsin enough. Yeah, Uh, he's very good defensively. Um, I do wonder if uh, like a Russian winger or center was winger wing he plays center and wing and Rodion Amirov is a very good defensive player who will probably get undervalued because he's Russian. Um, so yeah, I mean, he's definitely more of a winger, but he has played center before. Um, but I mean, my, honestly, my dream, well, I, you know, two, two names, one, it would, that uh, would be Jan Mishak who plays for Hamilton in the OHL. And he's like a very good, uh, he's almost like a, He's like a high-motor, like, really good penalty-killer defensive uh, center. You know, maybe, and, like, he's just, he's so dangerous because he's, like, he just doesn't give up on plays and he's, like, really dogging on the puck. And, you know, I think he's definitely the type of player the Rangers would love. I mean, my dream would be if, uh, if, uh, I've mentioned him once or twice, is Marat Kusnadinov is a uh, slightly undersized but, like, really... I think he's an elite skater. He's a he's a center. I think he's going to be playing. He should he's at camp for the KHL right now, so he's going to make his KHL debut uh hopefully this coming season for them. Um if he you know, he's a guy who's gets more love maybe from main like uh, the alternative scouting community and not so much like your your internal ISS and your NHL central scouting, but he's a guy I think if he's still available at anywhere after 21 if I'm the Rangers, I take him. I you know I run up to the virtual podium and I take him because he's a guy that his potential is super high because of his skating ability and his brain and he can flash skill at high ends. It hasn't really come together for him like that, but the flashes are there and he plays overseas, so he doesn't get as much love and credit. You don't have your scouts there as heavily, so you hope Nick Bobrov um, has a pulse on these things because, man, if he if he if if they come out of that draft with Lafreniere and uh, Kusnadinov, I would be so happy. And, you know, I think there's potential for Kuznodinov to eventually be a, a very good NHL second line center, you know, especially like you look at how good Anthony Sorelli was for Tampa last night, you know, just, even though he's a, a, maybe a smaller guy, but like such a quick skater, he gets in with his stick and he's responsible and he's dogged and he just helps them turn over pucks and man, you know,
2: yeah. And, you know, I listen, it'll be interesting to see what the Rangers do. Um, do you see or do you see the Rangers definitely keeping that for a second, first pick?
1: Uh, that, I think it could be in play. Um, You know, again, I think it depends on what the if I think if they're going to if they're going to ha- give up a first, I think it's going to be for someone who is definitely more in a sweet spot than or in a spot they prefer. It's not going to be for an older guy, I don't think. I think if you are giving away draft capital, like, that's that valuable, you'd have to imagine it would be for... Because who knows? Like, uh, you know, I'm trying to think what young centers, or centers in that sweet spot. Like, I don't see... You and I love Christian Dvorak. I don't see Arizona have any reason to move on from him. You know, he's on such a sweetheart of a deal, and he's such a good defensive player, but... Yeah, there I think I definitely think it could be in play and be part of a package, you know. You do wonder it's like uh, you know, a s- teams that definitely that are now realizing that they are they need to start rebuilding yesterday. So, well, you know, who knows or well, get rid of contracts I, that they don't that maybe they don't value if they retain salary, who knows.
2: Now, uh, listen. For uh, people that probably listen to the podcast kind of know that I'm more of the I live in a little bit more of a La La Land world than Andy, and I like to dream and I dream big sometimes. And
1: that's why I love you.
2: Yeah. And I think that's why we kind of balance each other out and you bring, you pull me back down uh, into the real world. But there is one thing I want, I do want to bring up. There's one player that I want to bring up. I I, I don't think, obviously, I'm not the first Ranger fan to bring this up, and I I certainly won't be the last. I already know what you're going to say, but. A, is, is, is Eichel, is Eichel, is a re, is it a reality? It, I don't think it's a reality. I don't. Um... Because there are, there were rumblings during the season after yes. their collapse that they have to do something. Eichel's going to want out. I know he signed a contract there, but th- he's the type of kid that if they're not winning and they don't see success, I mean, he, they're, Buffalo is very lucky that Toronto hasn't been successful and Edmonton hasn't been successful. Because if Eichel's looking around the league and seeing the younger kids, you know, that are getting drafted at the top of the class start having success, he's going to be like getting pretty antsy. Not only is he stuck in Buffalo, but he's also having, you know, just, you know, a non playoff run after non playoff run every single year. They start off hot and then they just collapse. He's going to want out. And the reason I'm doing saying Eichel is because number one, he's gonna want to come to New York. He's 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 got a New York New York City swag to him. He has already played for David Quinn, so we have that relationship there. And um, third is I, I, the Rangers are really the only team I think in the league that could really kind of afford him in terms of who we have in our farm system, the amount of draft picks that we have. And, you know, just, you know, what we could offer Buffalo, I think we have to be one of three teams that can maybe really afford what Buffalo would want for him.
1: Yeah. You know, I think so. I guess it makes sense to talk about the price. Mm -hmm. I mean, if I'm Buffalo, you have to you will you you have you are accepting that you will not get a player the caliber of Jack Eichel back. So you will get quantity. But obviously, at the same time, you need to shoot for as much because if you set it too low, you'll have every team involved and then they all will start trying to outbid each other. And, um, at some point it's going to be, it, a team is definitely going to swap a very good, but not as good center as Eichel for, for Eichel. That's probably what it is. So in a, this reality, I do not see Eichel can come to New York. I think it can be done. If it, if it's done, uh, Mika Zibanejad is going the other way and that's just the way it is. Like, I don't I don't see any reality in which because, yes, of course, he's going to want out and they're going to have to do this. But at the same time, every team in the league will want Jack Eichel and they will they will fish and they will figure things out. And, you know, team all of a sudden, if if Calgary doesn't go ahead, they're going to say Sean Monahan. We'll give you Sean Monahan and then they'll start adding from there. It's going to happen. So as much as I, I, I hate, to, I would love to get it done with, you know, a combination of like. Uh, a Nils Lundquist and a Buchnevich and a it like the mark the the competition in the market will will create itself you know so and yes I understand that uh you know you know elite players usually don't get tra- like when they get traded that's usually less like that's true but it usually they're not this young when it happens uh, and they're not putting up the numbers that Eichel has recently I just I think. And if I'm being honest and I love Mika, I think I would much rather do it with as limited quantity as possible. And considering how, what the pink, the lengths that the Rangers went to, if it took Mika and Tony for Eichel, I'll drive them both myself. I would. And that's no, that's not a slight to either guy because they're both tremendous players. But I think, you know, having, uh, with knowing what the defensive, you know, players that are on the way for the Rangers, I I would I'd do it. So um, I think there's a lot of hope out there that, it, like I said, that you could do Kraft Sob and uh, you know some combination of Kraft Sob, one of K Andre Miller, Nils Longquist, and uh, Buchnevich, and it's just you know, I understand like the guy wants out, but that doesn't mean Buffalo needs to make it super easy on him and not get what they get that, what they want. And like I said, the, I think competition in the market will start creating itself, you know, and at a certain point, you know, is it worth it to really trade like Bucinavich crafts off like you start dipping in instead of saying, just rip the bandaid off swap, you know, swap, uh, Eichel, you know, upgrade Eichel over Mika. Who's, you know, younger, uh, and probably, you know, just better, just flat out in terms of just his, his overall metrics. And then you, you, you know, you add your sweetener is a guy who's going to, uh, although he's good, he's going to command a lot of money in, uh, that you might not be able to afford to pay him in D'Angelo, you know? Yeah. So, li- as opposed that. to going to like saying like, Oh, we'll give you Mika and crafts off and heat or, and Nils Lundqvist who, who, you know, who knows those guys could still pop, but we know what we have in Tony. And we know offensively a guy like Fox, uh, can somewhat replicate, hopefully somewhat replicate that, you know, as opposed to Tony being like a very good offensive player who's like, okay, defensively just fine, but he's really more of the offensive guy. So that's just my take on it. I I could be crazy, but that's how I feel about it.
2: No, I'll go, I'll go along with that. You're crazy and that it will probably happen over the next two years. (laughs) Um, No, I, I totally get it. And you know, I definitely see where you're coming from. I, I see, I'm looking at it more from, Uh, a Buffalo um, perspective and the fact that like they're, they're eventually going to have to pull the plug and reboot if they keep going down the way that they're going. I think they signed some pretty bad contracts thinking that they had the supporting lineup for Eichel. And, you know, um, you know, they obviously, you know, when they drafted first, they had Darlene and that, that was big for them. But at the same time, I don't think, you're, you can build around uh, a, you know, a solid defenseman, a number one defenseman, and a number one center, and, and have a... a and that, nothing else. And nothing else. And that supporting cast that they have, I, I think you're in trouble. I, I really do. So um, they're going to have to add a lot more depth, and I just don't see where that's going to come from. And I think eventually they're going to have to pull the plug and say, yeah, we, we screwed this up royally, and... Sorry to the fan base but we're rebuilding once again because yeah
1: those those new jerseys they're rolling out though they're going back to the royal blue look real nice so even though they're going to lose they'll look good doing it
2: yeah yeah i mean they'll they'll definitely look good doing it that's you know that's very true um you know one thing we haven't really touched on is uh, our defense what what kind of the future looks for them um do you see any major changes going forward with that? I mean, uh, I think still only, gets
1: bought out. I'm going to okay. say that right now. I think he gets bought out
2: now. Yeah, I mean, it'll be.
1: I know it's it's my it's it's incremental savings, but because the other guys that come off the books on the second year of his his buyout, uh, I think they just they ripped the bandaid off. I think I really do. I think I think we've seen Mark Stahl's last game as a Ranger.
2: Can you teach me how buyouts work? Like, if there's only one year on their like contract, like I never understood. Like, what? Like, all right. So we bought out Shattenkirk. Now we're paying Shack and Shattenkirk till twenty 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 two twenty three season. Obviously, next year is the the year where uh, six million hits our books, which is going to be awful, but. So if we were to buy out small, what does that mean in terms of money?
1: So buyouts, like depending on the player's age, it like changes the, the percent of the remaining contract value. If that makes any sense. Okay. So it's like, if you're, I think it's like, if you're over, uh, if you're 26 or older, it's like, I think it's, uh, like the cap hit, it's like two thirds of the remaining value or something like that. Um, Actually, you know what? Let me just Google because I've been reading about it. like Mark Stahl buyout. Doot, doot, doot.
2: Um He's thirty-three th- years old and makes five point seven. So for all the listeners, that's what the Rangers are up against. And you know, he only has one more year in his contract. Yeah, so years from, so he's got one
1: year remaining. Uh but the length of the buyout would be two years. Like, and it would reduce um You know, because his total cap hit for his, uh, I mean, yeah, like his total cap hit is what? It's like 5.7 or something like that? Yes. You know, I think it brings it down um, for, you would, it would bring it down to like 3.5 for next season. And then you would pay off the remaining, uh, the remaining balance of, you know, whatever it is over the, the the following season because he's only got the, the the one year left. It just kind of stretches out to two seasons. So it's like, okay, yeah. So I, be, I believe that's how it worked. I myself am not a cap guru, um, but that is what I believe to be true. And that's what Cap Friendly is telling me. So I'm going to take it as gospel. But I believe that's essentially how it works. Like it's the first function is how old the player is. And then, you know, it kind of take extrapolates based on the savings and like the years are like how long it takes to finally pay that off like how that goes so um but yeah i just to get back to my point you know i i don't know how much in terms of the lungquist retiring thing i don't know what the legs are on that um it seems it's a lot of you know I uh i think uh jd did say like we will not have three goaltenders next year so i mean uh, I don't know if that's they're trying to misdirect everyone to be like surprise, like Lundqvist is gonna be like play out his final year and be Igor's like you know grandpa backup or whatever. I um, mean,
2: it's not the worst thing no, in the it's world. It's not the worst, but it's just not. Like, I mean,
1: because if if you're, if they can get what, because obviously the summer is a perfect time for teams that need goaltending or that were undone by goaltending, like Toronto, Freddie Anderson's gone, right? Like he's done. They're gonna he lets them soft goals in important games. Like, and who, who stoned the Leafs more <laughs> over the last few years than Alexander Georgiev on his birthday, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, well, you know, there there's a I, lot of smoke there earlier, so they might be more, Dubis might have his feet under the fire a lot more. So now I could see if you, you know, especially they have to shed salary. So I feel like if that can compound their value, you know. You know any way they can compound value and be like, look, you need a goaltender, we have it. You need to shed salary. We like this guy you have. We'll take him back, but you know that means you might have to. Is in is Alexander Georgiev plus a small ad worth this guy in a vacuum? No, but if we're taking on salary, you're you're desperately trying to shed. You know, maybe we'll do it. So if that's a Casperi Kapanen or whatever, or you know, I don't know.
2: There's a lot of analysts saying um, that. Lundquist has played his final game as a Ranger listen it kind of makes sense the Rangers can't really send him off next year it's not like he's going to be playing in front of fans next year I I don't think the NHL or at least will start without fans if they do do something like the MLB has done Uh, because I don't think a bubble is kind of realistic for a full season or a half season whatever they decide on you know, next year is going to be a big question mark in terms of what the league will even look like. And does Henrik want to play out his final year with the New York Rangers with no fans, no actual send off, you know, you know, and you know, does it, or does he want to maybe take a year and try to go chase a cup somewhere? Um, You know, there are some teams that, you know, are looking for a goalie and we know how important goalie depth is. I mean, look where it's gotten us. I mean, we, we've we had three of them who are all, you know, have, have performed very well for us. So, you know, there are teams that are looking for a goalie that have a shot at the, you know, maybe a Stanley Cup. If they have him, you know, there as a depth guy, uh, a guy with playoff experience. I, I don't know. Uh, so I do think it's a reality that Hank is, is not on the team next year. Not, no, on, yeah, not rostered.
1: Yeah, um, I, I don't know where... Obviously, I think the knowing that the Swedish Elite League will start up, getting a final go with your with your brother, seems like a ending on a feel good note. Especially a team that's as stacked as Furlunda is every year that w- almost wins every seemingly almost every other year. Um, yeah, it'd be a nice end to that chapter. Have some good closure. You don't end on disappointment. You end on what you you feel like you most likely can control in a good feeling. Because um, I don't think. I just don't think you get this far after all this and then say, fine, like, okay, I give, I'll go to, uh, you know, I'm going to sign a one year with, uh, the Kraken or, you know, as their veteran backup or whatever, you know, especially at his age. Like I just don't, yeah, I just don't see it. So I think, I think, I think it, retirement is pretty likely, you know, people always mention how much money he makes, but if you look at how much money he's made over his career and like players like Kevin Klein, and, you know, uh, naslin to have walked away from far more i mean well, then then three percent of your career earnings you know especially if you can go then play overseas and make that money close to that money with you know with lower taxes it's supposed to new york city tax you know
2: yeah one spot and i could be completely off base here one spot i also wanted to bring up for hank was maybe and you know this would involve the rangers retaining you know some of his salary and honestly letting him play out somewhere else retaining just a portion of his salary would be huge for the Rangers I mean in terms of cap space so um yeah. uh vegas um you know Vegas if
1: he if he wanted to do that honestly I think they they would they'd move have I think they would the Rangers, not that this will happen but I think because of what he would be doing for the Rangers I think the Rangers would like they they'd probably give Vegas a a, a pick and just say hey do us do do hank a solid like they're gonna do him a solid you know yeah, they'll facilitate it. they he's earned it. I think uh, he'd be doing the Rangers a favor, so they would have no problem. And honestly, you know, I think I don't know how that works with uh, if they move on from Lane or I don't know what, how they feel about marc Andre Fleury now. It seems like he's current. You know, not their number one guy right now. Uh, I don't know if they want to have two that old goaltenders, but yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's very, I don't I I wouldn't wouldn't be the weirdest thing. I think it could happen. I just don't. Again, I don't know what how that plays out with what they're going to do with Laner, um, Cause it, is, is he signed just for this year, Robin Laner? Cause I know I,
2: I think he is. Um,
1: Cause that's the whole reason is that uh, no one ever wants to give this guy his money. I feel real bad for him. He's had good, he's been good for the last few seasons and they just keep, you know, the Islanders are like, Oh, sorry. Like, you know, I understand the Islanders have Sorokin coming, so maybe it makes sense. They don't want to give long-term money to him, but
2: uh, yeah, Laner is an unrestricted, unrestricted free agent next year. How old is he? He's 29.
1: All right. Hey, that's not so bad. L- Lunquist is what 39, thir- close to that 38. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, he's got 10 years, so um I yeah, I mean, if if he has a good run, I don't see how Vegas doesn't sign him. I just don't I don't know if you hold you have Lunquist, Flurry and Laner on the same uh, docket, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um I but, you know, I mean, I just I think Lunquist is not going to go to a uh, a market that he doesn't want to go to who knows maybe Shattenkirk and Callahan and Girardi and McDonough say come be Vasilevsky's backup you know who yeah. knows maybe that f- complete the circle just
2: that would you're be going to end fun. up
1: there anyway right
2: I mean you all might roads
1: well. lead to the Tampa Bay Lightning for, right. for New York Rangers so who don't who just doesn't want pan out you know
2: uh, uh, Tampa Bay would be probably the least adjustment he would ever have to make in terms of leaving a team Oh, yeah, it'd be great. Um,
1: I mean, he'd, he'd be like, so this is what it's like to play, you know, behind teams that limit shots in front of you. Yeah, he's like, I, I have I, the puck all the time. I, he's like, I could have been a, I could have been, a, you know, Dominic Well, without it's, having to make all the saves. It, <laughs> it, it, he, he's like, this is what Brodeur feels like, basically. Is what like.
2: Exactly. I mean, you know, what's funny, though. I was watching the five overtime game uh, last night, and it was like the third overtime, and they're talking about like the amount of shots that each goalie w- has faced. I'm like, it's like nothing for Hank. Like, this no. is like not that crazy. I mean, was this was obvious. No. Yeah. Especially yeah.
1: they were all from pretty far out and looking for tips and rebounds and stuff. No scrambles really in front of the net because they were playing defense. The Rangers couldn't do that. You know, they were able to do that for five hours and this young Rangers team didn't couldn't do it for 30 seconds in, in the first period, you know? so Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. It just goes to show that there's still a ways to go, but uh, yeah, that would be nice for him.
2: But listen, so... A lot of exciting stuff happening for the New York Rangers. Um, do we know a date that they set the draft for?
1: I don't think there's a date set yet, um, unless I missed it. NHL 2020 draft.
2: Uh, now, will they allow some of these players to go play elsewhere? Like, what's
1: the- yeah? So they were actually talking about. I was listening today where what the Rangers will do with La, excuse me Lafreniere, and their European leagues are starting up. I like Austin Matthews. Um, prior to his uh, draft, you know, he spent a whole year playing overseas in Europe. Uh, Laughing playing against men to get his to get his feet wet. I'm all for it, honestly. The, I think the OHL has announced they're going to come back uh, sometime in probably. I don't think they said. I think they said earlier than December, right? Um, I'm sorry, the CHL as a whole that would include the Ontario Hockey League, Western Hockey League, and the QMJHL. CHL return to play. Sorry, folks, but you know, giving you showing you how the sausage was made as I'm typing on my keyboard. Uh Ooh. yeah, I think I'm pretty sure that in the sometime in either like November or December. So it's not really doesn't really bend. If if the league if the NHL is going to start back up in uh December, December, then September I don't think. Time. Yeah. Maybe I think maybe they're a little bit uh before because like you know i think most of their markets are in canada which doing faring a little bit better than the united states
2: you know it, yeah it'll no it'll it, it's gonna like i said we we've talked about this you know you know almost it seems like the beginning of time with this virus you know there's all it's week by week pretty much what i mean the information that you can get pretty much gather um every week it's a new narrative um in terms of where we are in the world. So, you know, obviously it's going to leave a lot of question marks in terms of, you know, what the future holds for next season. When does it start? How many games? Uh, Who's going to be eligible? Uh, What are they going to do with some of the youth and the AHL? So again, there's a million questions and, you know, hopefully we'll have answers soon, soon enough. So, but, you know, as, as long as we have that, you know, that, that first pick overall in our back pocket, you know, things will be good on the Rangers end. Exactly.
1: Um, and like, I just to, to really put a bow on everything we're saying the this is a win across the board in so many facets, uh, facets, <laughs> so many facets, it solves a lot of depth problems. The Rangers have, um, solves, you know, like you said, James is knowing you have more security of Kako and Lafreniere, that duo for the next, uh, 15 years is amazing like you said Colorado knows like we're gonna have Rantanen and McKinnon uh you know because Lannis is starting to get up there a little bit so who knows what happens to him but just knowing you have those guys and that that'll bring in talent from other teams wanting to play with them you know it's just it's security and just for the Rangers to finally 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 you know I think when we started this podcast we just talked so much about you know before it's just we you know, before having Kako and all this stuff, it's just that we were, we always envisioned these uh, or like we looked at all these other teams that had all these things that the Rangers just, you know, outside of Lundquist, they didn't have anything and they just tried to do it. So to finally, you know, have be, have that luck those other teams have had and like seemed seemingly be rewarded for, it for doing, for not taking the half measures and just, just, yeah, just allowing themselves to be lucky and not trying to, Force it or tank or be miserable or, or fall, let their franchise fall into dis, disrepair, like, you know, where Florida and Buffalo were, and I guess Arizona finally seems to be climbing out of it, but, but even Edmonton, which is like losing is in the walls of those places. So, um, yeah, it's a great feeling. You know, the, this, this rebuild ha- has gone pretty much to plan, and that's the biggest thing. They had a plan, and, you know, there was setbacks here and there or thing you can't really predict they made hard decisions uh, which hurt at the time but now you're you see all the things they have and you're glad that they did it so uh this is such a time for celebration for rangers fans you know we (laughs) we were upset we were depressed for a week after how easily they were ousted but now nothing but excitement just watching so go on youtube google alexi lafreniere just watch all the clips and just envision just imagine just enjoy it just really enjoy it we we deserve we deserve this let's just enjoy it Thank you for listening to the Broadway Boys Podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Broadway Boys Pod and please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, or the Hockey Podcast
2: You're listening to the Hockey Podcast
1: Network on Twitter at Hockey New episodes every Monday and Thursday download at the thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from.